Hey, I'm Mila, and you're listening to Mind Cues. Hi, it's Mila. Thank you so much for joining me for my very first episode of Mind Cues. Today, we're going to be talking about Zachary Everett Davis, the 15-year-old who murdered his mother with a sledgehammer. Okay, so let's get started. On August 10th, 2012, 15-year-old Zachary Everett Davis murdered his mother, Melanie, with a sledgehammer. But first, let's go back a few years. So in 2007, Zach's father, Chris Davis, died of ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease, leaving behind Zach, who was 9, his brother Josh, who was 10, and his mother, Melanie, who was 40 years old at the time. Melanie was a paralegal and a triathlete, and she was described as being a very good mother. So, Zach had been receiving mental health treatment at Life Skills Inc., but it was reported that Melanie pulled him out, took him off his Zoloft, and moved the family from Bowling Green, Kentucky, to Hendersonville, Tennessee, after the father's death. The boy's grandmother testified that if he had gotten the medical attention he needed, this never would have happened. Later on, during the competency hearing, it was reported that Zach was obsessed with death even before his dad became sick. Zach was definitely a disturbed kid. He had a flat affect and he spoke in a low monotone whisper. Like, I can't even do it. His voice creeped me out so bad. If you go onto YouTube and type in his name, Zachary Everett Davis, you'll find the interview he did with Dr. Phil. He is so creepy. Okay, let's continue. So on the night of the murder, which was August 10th, Melanie, Josh, and Zach went to see a movie. So they got home around 9 o'clock, and then Melanie and the older son, Josh, went to bed. Zach was packing a backpack with clothes, toothbrush, notebooks, ski mask, gloves, and a claw hammer. So this was definitely premeditated. At around 11 p.m., Zach went into the garage and got a sledgehammer. Then he walked upstairs to his mother's room, opened her door, stood over her, and then hit her in the head. He said she woke up and started seizing and that he looked her in her eyes and he hit her again. He told Dr. Phil that he hit her about 20 times and the autopsy um, determined it was about 8 to 16 times. When Dr. Phil commented about the weapon he used, about the sledgehammer being heavier than a claw hammer or a regular hammer, Zach just giggled. And Dr. Phil asked him what it sounded like when he hit his mother with a um, sledgehammer. And he laughed and said it was a wet thumping sound. So after beating his mother to death, he then (laughs) went into the family game room and poured gasoline and used whiskey as an accelerant and set it on fire. So the fire department determined that the door had been closed and the fire was contained in the game room. However, his brother Josh woke up because he heard the fire alarm and he ran to get his mother. Zach had already took off out the back door by then. So when Josh woke up, he, he went to his mother's room and he, the door was locked because Zachary locked the door when he, after he beat his mother to death, he locked her bedroom door and left. And his brother Josh had to like bust in the door. He found her covered in blood and Zach was long gone. So then Josh ran to the neighbor's house for help. 
When the fire department arrived, the first responder said that when he saw the female victim, he knew she couldn't be saved because there had been significant trauma to her skull. Ooh. Okay, so around 2.30 in the morning, Zach, on foot, went into Thornton's convenience store and he got some Pepsi and a map of Tennessee. And according to Detective Don Lindsay, Zach was picked up about three and a half hours later. He was just walking down the street and he was only about five miles away from home. So the way that they found him was that they pinged his cell phone and he had thrown it away once he realized, he realized, <laughs> he realized he had his cell phone in his back pocket and tossed it, but the cops had already pinged it. And so they basically searched around the perimeter that the cell phone had pinged off of and found him. They picked him up and took him in. And another detective had found his t-shirt behind Cambridge Market and it was stained with blood. During the interview with detectives, Zach admitted to the murder and stated that he thought about using a knife or a claw hammer, but decided to go with a sledgehammer because it had the highest chance of killing her. Isn't that something? This gets crazy. Okay, so on to the trial. So, the Sumner County Grand Jury indicted Zachary Everett Davis on charges of first-degree premeditated murder of Melanie Davis, attempted first-degree premeditated murder of Josh Davis, and aggravated arson. So, he got attempted uh, murder of his brother because he set the fire while his brother was in the house. So, the district attorney, Ray Whitley, stated that Zach was charged as an adult because the judge made the observation that it was a savage murder and that Zachary Davis could not be handled in the juvenile court. Which, hey, more power to him. That judge, I think his name is Judge Gay, he, <laughs> he is so savage. He just, yeah, he was a beast. Okay, let's go on. So, Zach's lawyer considers Zach to be a victim. Because nothing was done about the trauma he suffered from the death of his father to alleged sexual abuse by his brother. Check this out. Okay, so allegedly during his interview with detectives, Zach stated that he killed his mother because his brother was raping him and she didn't do anything about it. But during his interview with Dr. Phil, he stated she wasn't taking care of my family. His brother, Josh, denied the alleged sexual abuse, testifying that the claim was ridiculous. And that he didn't even hear about the abuse until after his mother was murdered. So his brother's like, hey, I didn't do that. I love my brother. We are a very close family. I didn't even know that he was claiming to be abused until after he killed my mother. So the Department of Children's Services stated that there was no evidence to corroborate the sexual abuse allegations. Which, I mean, what evidence would there be? This kid is crazy, you know? Something's wrong with him. In Zach's competency hearing, he stated that he heard the voice of his father several times every night, even since he's been in jail. And in his journal, he wrote, well, his jail journal, <laughs> apparently he likes to write and he had been keeping a notebook for years. So um, in his jail journal, he wrote, it's a bit hard to sleep when your father talks to you all night, no matter how many times you tell him to shut up. Basically, this kid is schizophrenic and multiple doctors said so. He told Dr. Phil that he was sorry that his mother was dead. He felt bad that he did it and that it was a stupid thing to do. 
But then Dr. Phil read his journal entry that he wrote the next morning after he killed his mother. Okay, check this out. At dawn on August 11, 2012, the day after the murder, he wrote, I killed Melanie and left Josh alive to suffer. I didn't feel anything when I killed her, even when her blood splattered my arm and her brain matter was thrown onto my shirt. Oh my God. He also wrote, I didn't feel remorse, hate, or satisfaction. My only true regret is that I didn't give her a faster death. I didn't want her to suffer. What in the world? She would have not suffered if you didn't bang her upside the head with a sledgehammer. Right? <laughs> Anyways, okay, moving on. In April 2015, almost three years after the murder, a jury found Zachary Davis guilty. Federal law prevents minors from receiving the death penalty, so Zach automatically got sentenced to life in prison, which in Tennessee is 60 years. And after 51 years, you're eligible for parole. Well, you're up for review to see if you can get paroled. In June 2015, just two months after sentencing, the judge added 20 years for the attempted murder and 20 years for aggravated arson to run concurrently. So it's just basically 20 years total. But this 20 years was to be put on after the life sentence was served. So Zach was served at least 71 years. The lawyer, Randy Lucas, attempted to appeal the conviction, citing trial errors. He said the court denied the motion to declare him incompetent after many doctors said that he was not fit to stand trial. And then like one, one doctor said that he was competent. So then they went along with it. Also, um, the lawyer said that the court denied the motion to suppress his confession because he was a teenager at the time and he supposedly waived, waived his right to counsel and he confessed. How can you how can you even be interviewed if you're a minor and there's no parent present? I mean, both his parents were dead, but like, how could they even have gotten his confession without any adult present? I don't understand that. So then... Another reason why they were appealing the conviction was that they were denied a mistrial after <laughs> after Zach said in court that his brother's the one who committed the murder. What? <laughs> he sat in court and said, I didn't do it. My brother did it and I found the sledgehammer. So the lawyer saying that should have been a mistrial right there. But the kid had already confessed verbally and in writing. Then he tried to change it. Whatever. That kid's crazy. Anyways, also the lawyer argued that, well, during the appeal, the lawyer argued that the life sentence without parole violated Zach's Eighth Amendment right against cruel and unusual punishment. So, needless to say, the appeal was denied. The judge stated, he's a danger as long as he's living and breathing. Good day. I added the good day part. <laughs> That's what I would have said. Good day. I said good day. Anyways. Okay, so I couldn't find any information about where Josh, the older brother, is today. But Zachary is currently in a special needs facility. Either in Oklahoma or Nashville. I saw <laughs> two different articles that said two different places. Regardless, wherever he is, he's going to be there until at least 2076. Jeez Louise, have mercy, Lord.
Copyright disclaimer under Section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976 states, allowances made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, education, and research. Fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing. It was this, uh, what something sound. <laughs> there you have it. That is the murder of Melanie Davis by her 15-year-old son, Zachary Everett Davis. Well, that's my cue. Until next time, survive your mind. Bye!